With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Part of the Murderer's Row of Ball Talk. Here's two-time Twins World Series champion manager Tom Kelly on the ride with Royce. Twins major, former Twins manager Tom Kelly. I don't want to give you that job again, sir. You probably don't want it, right? Mm, That's correct. (laughs) So I got a question for you. Uh, 1994, after the uh, strike and the lockout and the whole deal, uh, the, the salaries went crazy, free agency went crazy. Could you see people worrying about could worrying about money and whether they were going to get all their money uh, bother baseball players? I, I look at uh, what's happening with Bryce Harper, and I'm wondering uh, what happens to the mind when they start seeing well thinking about dollars. Yeah, you know, as our good friend Randy Bush would say the mind can be a very dangerous thing <laughs> and uh and i would be remiss here i was just on the phone with randy and uh he said to send his regards to well, mr Royce. well i will see him this weekend i'm going down there and i am looking forward you're to going that. to wrigley yes and oh uh, he's going to be there he's in new orleans right now watching the iowa cubs mm-hmm. and he was in uh cincinnati and it was he was funny. He says he says we're running pitchers back and forth from Iowa to <laughs> Chicago and Chicago back to Iowa. He says we're playing. In, I'm in New Orleans now watching a Triple A team, and a couple of our pitchers came with me. <laughs> <laughs> they flew on the same plane. Huh? Jesus, Randy, that's awful. He says it's awful. He says I got sent down too. <laughs> so he was. He was really. Uh, he's one of my all time favorites, man. Yeah, he was a yeah. good guy. He's a classy, he's a good guy. classy individual. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, uh, I remember running into him when the Vikings are getting ready to play the Saints in, oh uh, in that playoff game. Oh. And he was all dolled up with his beads and his yeah, Saints yeah. jersey. And yeah. 46 to 10 later, he wasn't very happy. No, <laughs> Unbelievable. No, he. Uh, yeah, he 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 stuck with the Saints for yes. a lot of years. You know, they weren't too good there. No, no, no. And uh, he stayed with it. He take a lot of heat. Yes. But to answer your question, Pat, uh, I I would lie to you and say I I really only came across that in one instance, and I heard it. Mm-hmm. And boy, I got hot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not going to bring up any names, but uh, it was. I, I was somewhat dumbfounded to listen 
to what was being said by the one individual and uh, well he wasn't with us anymore mm-hmm. that but uh, uh that I was uh, somewhat shocked I, I I can't say that I ever heard it again or you know, at least on our ball club they who knows what they were talking about at times but uh I know I heard it once and I quickly put a stop to it and and uh, remove that one player from the group. I, I would think that it can put pressure on you because about uh, about uh, uh, three months ago, Bryce Harper was going to be the first four hundred million dollar player, oh, and boy. now he can't hit two hundred. You know? Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, but he still looks like the real deal <laughs> to me. And and uh, I don't know about that big a number though, but that's where things are headed. And uh, if anybody's going to get it, it might be that fellow. He's he's something. By by the way, I did see him hit a ball to uh, left center field, uh, and they said he hadn't tried to do that in about two months, which might well, have something to what he's, you know, what's going on, swinging hard, trying to hit 90 home runs. Like Randy said, the mind's a very dangerous thing. All right. But, uh, uh, do you see any signs with Dozier? Well, uh, you know, it's, it's another tough one there. I, we thought about this for quite a while about Brian and just what's going on there. And I, I just think he's really loading up a little bit more than he did in the past. And, you know, he gets back on that back leg and uses his legs very well, but uh, I think he's getting downloaded a little bit more and longer, and, and uh, uh, I think it's producing a little bit of a longer swing. Uh, that's just my humble opinion. Mm-hmm. And I could be 100% wrong, and I probably am. But uh, again, there's uh, he looks like he's just missing a uh, little bit here and there, and and uh, you know he's close. I don't think he's far out of the you know in the woods, but I think he's somewhat close to getting out of it. But uh, again, I still think things are a little bit long, and uh, and then that might be part of it. Uh, again, uh, you know, via psychologist figures these things out. Uh, you uh, you were in a situation. Uh, Tory Hunter played a full season for you guys, yeah. and then the next year he was having a horrible time. And he, now this has happened to Buxton a couple of times. But you send him back, and uh, uh, with with what message? Do you have any idea? Can you recall a consistency? Mm-hmm. And we were uh, Tory was really having a hard time with the uh, off speed pitches, mm-hmm. and I know we talked about recognition of the pitches and trying to uh, improve hitting some balls to uh, center, center field or right center and going the other way with things. And uh, lo and behold, he figured it out, you know. So, uh, again, it took time. And we always talked, well, we talked about things where sometimes uh, it takes a guy two trips to each level before mm-hmm. he gets through, you know, to the major leagues. You know, Koski was one who spent a couple of years at each level before he got to the big leagues and became a pretty damn good third baseman and player. And Torrey, uh, somewhat in that same boat, uh, Tim Tuffle was another guy uh, that had to spend a couple years at each level before he, he got to the big leagues, turned out to be a pretty good player. So, and some guys can move uh, a little more rapidly, you know. So, uh it just depends on the individual and, and how long it takes to figure some things out about their game and what they need to do. So, uh, But uh, I know Tori was uh, 
we worked really hard on trying to get hit some balls to right field and right center field and not get fooled so badly on the breaking pitches because that's all they were throwing them. Yeah. You know, after a while, I mean. Fanalo's gone through the same thing, basically. Well, it looks that way. And uh, so, uh, but Tori uh, and Tori and I had a couple conversations about this, hitting the ball to right center and right field. And, and the players are so strong now. Yeah. They just don't realize. It. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. I don't know. But they hit the ball to right center field. They hit it over the wall. I mean, it's just not. You know, I remember Terry Steinbach banging the ball into right center off us, hitting the ball off the baggie, you know, four-game series. He hit at least two, three off the baggie. You know? mm-hmm. and now, now the balls go over. You know, they go <laughs> over the fence. Now the players are so strong. But, uh, uh, again, it's it's just uh, uh, somewhat of a lost art for a number of the players and, and whether they're thinking about hitting the, the ball to right center or right field or not, I'm not really sure anymore. But, uh, you know, a lot of guys look awful pulley when they're up there. Uh, you know, Lamar, who got sent out, yeah. uh, he hit some base hits to right field. I remember coming up when he yeah. came up, uh, hit some nice base hits to the opposite yeah, field. Yeah, that's kind of why he made and the then club. he got away from it. Mm-hmm. And then the, the base running got horrendous for some reason. And, you know, you figured he would do that very well, and he, he didn't. Uh, then the other day before he got sent out, he hit two nice hits to right field. And I was going, well, why aren't you know you doing this on a little bit more consistent basis? I know it's not every pitch you're going to hit over there, but it seems like that was his best uh, uh, way of staying in the big leagues is uh, get on base and, and uh, hit some balls the other way. And uh, we know he's not a home run hitter, but I don't know what goes into their mind. They think they have to hit it over the fence or whatnot. I'm not sure, Pat. Well, and uh, I guess the one thing I was uh, saying was there's no sense. When you send a guy down until it gets better, there's no sense in saying you're like Buxton. You're only going to be there two weeks. You gotta, no. It's got to get better, right? I mean, that's yeah, more consistent, I think, yeah. is probably yeah better, consistent, whatever. They're all the same, but. Uh, a little more consistent with his at bats and showing some quality at bat where, you know, you might make an out, but it's at least a productive out of some sort, or uh, you know, you hit the ball hard somewhere, might have got caught, but at least you're, you know, you're putting up, uh, representing yourself well and making the pitcher work. Every time I talk to you, I bring up Rios, but man alive, hoof. Yeah, he was that's pretty good, man. Uh, the other day, uh, and uh, uh, Cologne pitched uh, very well. And uh, uh, so did uh, Barrios, and and he he did a fantastic job. It was uh, it was a fun game to watch. I think the first game of the series was a fun game. Uh, moved along pretty good, if my yeah. memory's correct. The second game was lousy. We had a hard time staying with that one. And uh, the third game was uh, excellent again. So uh, you know, I think the the better the quality of pitching that you see i think it well it does my interest anyway to uh stay with the game and try really follow along with the game but uh when it's uh one hour into it and it's the bottom of the second it, that's not good that's hard for me to stay with it it really is hey tom uh, i think he's had three of the 10 quickest games in the major leagues this year barrios and he does he's a walking advertisement for the 22nd uh, pitch clock he doesn't mess around out yeah, there very I, I often i think that's one thing and you know i think you notice pat most of the fellows that were pitchers that were in the minor leagues when this started yeah i i think they are much more ready to go 
than the guys that have been around and established some that uh, didn't have to learn that. And uh, you can certainly see the difference. Uh, I don't know what the uh, problem is, why they can't get on the mound and throw it. It's, uh, you know, it's baffling for me. It's like the hitters with the batting gloves, same thing, different. It's just 90 feet away. But, uh- Tom, uh, this is quite a road trip. Uh, this is yeah. like this is like playing. Were the Hawaii Islanders in the Pacific Coast yes, League sir. when you played there? Oh, you'd, go yeah, out, they were. you'd go spend a week out there, right? Yeah, when you that was that was tough. You had, <laughs> you had to get back home to take a break. I mean, it was that was tough duty. Uh, I want to tell you that was tough. You had a, uh, I think it was seven, eight games in seven days. Wow! I think it was there was a doubleheader in there. Okay, I think it was eight games in seven days so and, where was uh, the ballpark do you remember oh the old ballpark was terrific it was almost just a little bit out of town not okay. far but that place was terrific if you were a left-hand hitter oh boy <laughs> it was a little shortish and right uh it probably reminds me of the yankee stadium the uh where you know flies out of there oh, now sure and if you can just get decent part of it, you could get one. Uh, a little bit of a high screened wall type thing, and uh, you could bang some off there and, and uh, have yourself. Pretty have good a little day. bit you of. You just a... had to be in condition to do it. <laughs> yeah. You had a little bit of a prevailing uh, breeze to right field. Yeah, they, the water and they had that mist that came in. Okay. Uh, but the the new ballpark <laughs> that was the astroturf. Okay. Oh, and that was ugly. I hated that place. And you try to run on that thing <laughs> after, you know, if you're not 100%, <laughs> it was a little rough. But yeah, I that, remember chasing but, a lot. But making curfew was the big problem. Huh? Well, I, I remember I could get into this, but uh, uh, Kirby Kirby Farrell was our manager. And you remember the Curbstone Blues. And, and uh, he, sat, he sat in the lobby one night. He's sitting in the lobby. And uh, we got Rennick and... And Danny Walton, and Randy Bass, myself. Uh, I mean, uh, I was probably a more straight and narrow guy. Well behaved compared to the rest. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. And, and some of the older pitchers. Oh my God! Uh, and, and Curbstone Blues is sitting in the in the in the lobby, and the belt the Belkman, He said, "We're we're rolling in." I don't know. It was bad. It was late. And and. He's sleeping in the lobby with this uh, 12-inch portable TV in front of him with the antennas up and everything. Yep. And, and he's sitting there, and he's sound asleep. And, and the, the, bell, the bell guy says to he says he's been sitting there about two hours, and, and I think he's been asleep for about an hour and a half of it. <laughs> oh, he was so, waiting to see if you guys missed Yeah, curfew. he was going to wait. <laughs> he wait up, see who came in. But it was the whole group, you know. That, that, that it was a, what the three-hour time change, yeah. and that was bad. Yeah, you know, so it was a mess. But uh, why did uh, why did you call him Curbstone Blues? Oh, he was always singing the blues. <laughs> oh God, yeah, you know, always lamenting his yeah. his fate in life. Or oh something. my! One one trip, he brought his wife and daughter. And at the time, I wasn't married, and he come. He he would. I was sort of the whipping boy because I was the youngest one on the team, and in and, and you know, it was seemed like it was my fault. Everything you know, mm-hmm. but uh, that was okay. But <laughs> um, he he's come up to me after a game. He said, "What are you doing after the game?" I said, "I don't know. Probably go back. Maybe get a beer or something. You know, blah blah blah. You know." He says. How about you taking my daughter out? I I don't think that's going to work. But he sent his wife home, 
because she forgot to pack his lucky sport coat. Oh, okay. Three days, we get hammered over there, three <laughs> days in a row. He sent her home. Oh, he just put her back on a plane to, to coma. It was <laughs> unbelievable. She packed the wrong coat. Huh? She, she didn't pack his lucky sport coat. Like, oh, you know, he must have gone through 50 of those because we didn't have much luck. <laughs> but we started off the season out there. We flew from Melbourne, Florida to Hawaii to play to start the season. So guys, the time change was, it was like, what, nine, six, yeah. nine, whatever it was. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Hours, so your days were nights, your nights were days. <laughs> and nobody, you know, you're supposed to be, you know, it's, it's, it's one o'clock in the morning out there. But for us, you know, you're, you're, it's like eight in the morning. You know? So <laughs> everything was backwards. So there wasn't too many people in. So we hammer them two days in a row. We went 12 to two, 13 to one, whatever. We, we smoked them two days in a row. And he came around and had bed check. Mm -hmm. And so everybody, there's nobody in. You know, nobody. You know. So he, he, he starts screaming and hollering. And I want to tell you, Patrick, I'd never seen anything like it in my life. But those players, those older fellas, they just shut it down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Boy, he pissed them off. And, and that was that. I mean, we went right in the tank. Okay. Hey, thanks. It was great. All right. All right, Tom Kelly. Right, right. Man, I wish I'd asked him about that two hours, uh, ten minutes earlier, huh? That was uh, fantastic. Uh, Tom Kelly, sorry, we're going to be a little late with traffic here. Sitting shotgun on the ride with Royce. Have a nice ride. On 1500 ESPN. And live inside the TCL broadcast studios, this portion of the ride with Royce is brought to you by Firestone Complete Auto Care. Headed to Firestone Complete Auto Care to get $60 off per axle on a standard brake service. Whatever you drive, drive a Firestone. Coupon required. Restrictions and exclusions apply. Details at driveafirestone.com. Dot com. And now, Joe and Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day. Bud Grant's outstanding offensive line. At left guard was Ed White, the world's arm wrestling champion. Ed White, Ryan Yeri, and Mick Tinglehoff set Chuck Foreman loose on the first 1,000-yard rushing season in Viking history. Number 62, Ed White cleans up the outside, and Chuck Foreman is on his way to 1,070 yards. That's a pretty good offensive line there, wasn't it? Ron Yeri, oh, yeah. Mick Tinglehoff, and Eddie White, uh, Nick Can Canepa from uh, the uh, San Diego uh, Union Tribune has been a columnist out there for uh, a lot of years. Uh, has a column uh, today that uh, Ed White has Alzheimer's, uh, and uh, Ed has talked about it in the story with Nick. I put it on my Twitter account if you want to find it, or you can uh, find it. But uh, uh, Ed, of course, great, great Viking, played 17 years in the NHL, eight, nine with the Vikings and eight with the San Diego Char Chargers. Uh, you know, a huge number of uh, honors. Uh, it's interesting that he is a... Uh, Chargers Hall of Famer, but he's not a Viking Ring of Honor guy. So uh, yeah, that's interesting. hasn't uh, hasn't uh, made made the cut here yet. But uh, a fantastic uh, guard for the uh, for the Vikings. And uh, uh, sad tale of a, he's seventy years old now. Yeah, they've had uh, they've had some problems uh, in their life with tragedy. Ed and his wife Joanne. 
uh, have been uh, through more than any couple should, as Nick writes here. They lost their daughter, Amy, an outstanding athlete in her own right, to, to pneumonia following a freak head injury in 1997. And in 2003, their home in the uh, suburbs of San Diego, they were burnt down in one of those uh, wildfires that California had. Uh, Ed, Ed was quoted by Nick as saying, after all the head knocking, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. I was diagnosed two months ago. I was driving home after that and the doctor called and I, and he already knew what I had uh, from the MRI that he had taken of his brain. Uh, asked about whether it was football. Uh, my doctor feels it had something to do with it. There's close to 50 years of football from playing in the streets of Lemon Grove as a kid. Four years ago, I went to Minnesota, and 10 of us who played in Super Bowls got together. Everybody had something going on, so it's pretty widespread. Uh, Keith Fonhorst uh, died of uh, last week of Alzheimer's. I've had quite a few concussions. My mother had, had mild dementia, but in her 90s. My grandmother was 105 and sharp as a tack. My dad was sharp, so I don't think it's a hereditary thing. Ed White, a great Viking uh, has Alzheimer's, and uh, you can read about it. Uh, Nick Canepa from uh, the San Diego Union Tribune has a column on it. Sorry, we're a little late here, Johnny Height, but oh. uh, TK's story about playing in Hawaii yeah. was uh, too good to it's pass. <laughs> I could have could have went on a little bit. So Kirby, <laughs> what do you call him? Uh, Kirby Curb City, Curbstone Kirby, Curbstone Blues, Curbstone Blues. Kirby. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here's John Height with a sports update. Thanks, Patrick. The update sponsored by Indeed. Are you hiring? With Indeed, you can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified. <laughs> candidates in an online dashboard get started at indeed.com slash you gotta you, you gotta like a curfew check when the guy finds nobody, nobody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, world cup action today france uh, france and denmark played to a zip zip tie but both end up making into the round of 16 uh, group d action argentina beat nigeria Yay! two to one diego rushed to the hospital by the way did you see that johnny no yeah yeah, about, oh, about 10 minutes after he gave everybody the finger. <laughs> he went to the home. Wow. <laughs> Croatia beat Iceland 2-1. to one. That sets up in the round of 16. France taking on Argentina. I think Croatia that Iceland coach Denmark. should go back to being a dentist. They, <laughs> they have the, the great early game, and then they choke two, two games in a row. <laughs> Twins and White Sox tonight in Chicago. Uh, Lance Lynn and Ronaldo Lopez on the mound. Uh, your lineup for the Twins, Mauer, Rosario, Escobar, Morrison, Dozier, Kepler, Garver, Cave, and Adrianza. <laughs> How much do you think manager Molitor cringes when he writes Morrison in fourth? Yeah, hit and clean Ooh. up. Uh, mm -hmm. they, they just he can get a walk and once in a while they can hit his bat but oof yeah. is he hitting 200 yet he uh, might be a little he over. got above it and then he went back below it i don't know if he mm -hmm. came back above it again go ahead johnny give us the next item i'll look this up uh tampa bay has shut out uh washington Ooh. one to nothing one, today 191 oof jeez mm -hmm. uh that tampa but it's only june 26th <laughs> is the on is the on base at over 300 oh yeah probably because he got a bunch of walks. Yeah. That Tampa Bay Nats game ended uh, with the benches clearing. Yes, uh, Sergio Romo, who amazes me, he can get anybody out, but he struck out Michael. Oh, he throws about eighty three. Yeah, yeah. And, and that slider—it's like a little league slider. It's like the, the, guys. the Nats, who were going for it all, uh, and went and got Calvin Herrera. 
Uh, since June sixth, June sixth was their last two game winning streak. They're five and twelve since then, Ooh, and they're not going to make it because Philadelphia and Atlanta are both better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Romo struck out Michael Taylor for the last out of the game, and then started yelling at Taylor for some reason, and uh, that led to remember both when Sergio benches. Romo used to be like lights out for yes. the Giants uh-huh. when they went to yeah. the, the one of their many World Series runs. He was yeah, he was, was rock solid. But he's game. gone from throwing eighty eight to damn near not breaking eighty. Yeah. 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 Uh, some uh, weird NFL breaking news this afternoon. A dead body found in the basement of the New Jersey home of Giants quarterback Janoris Jenkins. According uh, to ESPN, police sources have confirmed the body was found in Jenkins' Fairlawn, New Jersey residence. A homicide investigation is taking place. Uh, Jenkins has been in Florida since the Giants finished minicamp. According to Adam Schefter of ESPN, the identity of the victim and their potential connection to Jenkins will not be revealed by police until next of kin are notified. Uh, the 29-year-old Jenkins entering his seventh season in the NFL and his third with the Giants. Hmm. Uh, that is a uh, interesting story. Very strange, yeah. yes. Adrian Heath's show tonight here on 1500 ESPN. They'll be broadcasting live from the local in Minneapolis. It'll start, uh, well, in about uh, 25 minutes right yeah. after the ride. All right, Johnny, thank you. You bet. Taking the ride with Roycey. Miles of nerve-grinding, physically exhausting, all-out driving. On 1500 ESPN. The ride with Roycey now continues. First of all, 69, offense. He was giving them the business. It's time for late hits. Maradona just walked away from Hoddleton. Maradona... They're appealing for offside. The ball came back off the foot of Steve Hodge. And Maradona gives Argentina the lead. Uh, That is uh, Diego Maradona scoring the hand of God goal that won the uh, World Cup for Argentina in 1986 in Mexico City, I believe. Was it Mexico City? Yes, I I believe so, yeah. And, uh, of course, that made him uh, the hero of all time, and he's considered the greatest of Argentinian uh, uh, footballers. But uh, today, and he's he's turned into a very odd character, a lot of Mm -hmm. drug rumors and all kinds of stuff. Today he's there. He's fifty-seven. He's terribly out of shape, and they're showing. They're tweeting out photos of him early in the game where he's like laying back with his mouth open, sleeping. You know, <laughs> obviously he's been partying all day. So now, uh, but he's awake when they finally score to uh, go ahead in the eighty-sixth minute, as we say in soccer, to go ahead two to one. And he celebrates by jumping up and giving the finger to basically the entire. I don't know if there were some Nigerian people give him. I think there might have time been. or something. Yeah. Well, now we are sad to report that he has been rushed to the hospital. Oh, uh, Saners uh, football legend Diego Maradona has been rushed to the hospital following Argentina's World Cup win over Nigeria. Reports out of Russia say the 57-year-old collapsed moments after he gave everybody. Says after Argentina secured the spot, but it came moments after he gave everybody the finger. A video on Twitter showed Maradona being helped from the stands in St. Petersburg. According to the uh, Independent newspaper, he was attended to by Russian paramedics and transported to a local hospital. Now, I hate to diminish what's going on here, but I think alcohol consumption has something to do with it. 
He did not. He did not. When they he showed never, him, never and, looked sober. Yeah, when they showed him, you know, giving the two finger salute to yes. the Nigerian fans, mm-hmm. the split second. I mean, what was crazy about it is that they cut away from it like mm-hmm. right away. They caught it right away, but he did not look like he was uh, all the way uh, coherent and uh, knew exactly well, what was I gotta, going on. I got a, I got a personal story to tell, a confession to make. Okay. okay. Uh, I think it was 74, uh, and the baseball winter meetings were held in New Orleans. And uh, I was actually, no, it might have been 73 because I was about to become, no, it was 74. 74 winter meetings in New Orleans. The worst place in America you can have the baseball winter meetings. For, you got to remember, we didn't have a 24-hour news cycle then. Okay. We had a, I was working for the St. Paul paper. We had a, we had to write something for the morning paper. We had to write something for the afternoon paper. But it wasn't like you had to be on your toes all day long, right? You could, you know, you could have a few drinks and you could you you could write something. So basically, we pretty much knew Calvin was never going to do anything anyway. So we would write something and start drinking, right? And uh, then get up in the morning and write something and for the afternoon paper. And and uh, it was, and my dear friend, friend, the late, great Frankie Highland, who I worked with at St. Cloud, was there representing the Atlanta paper. The famous story there is Eddie Robinson, the general manager of the uh, Braves, we we were drinking with him and Eddie Matthews, the Braves manager, in the in the in the hotel bar, and it was getting late in the afternoon. Frankie and I had already written our stories, and 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 Eddie Robinson got up and said, "Hey, keep the bill open. Uh, just keep the bill open, and I'll 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 pay for it." Okay. Uh, but it turned out. Uh, we were in the Fairmont Hotel, and Eddie was staying at the Marriott. So we got stuck with the oh. bill, right? Oh, We got stuck with the Marriott <laughs> bill, and Whoops. we were at the Marriott, too. But anyway, what I'm saying is it, it went on for four or five days like this, and then I flew home. And I was not feeling chipper on the plane, for sure. And when I got to the airport, I had to drive myself to St. Francis Hospital in Shakopee, oh, man. thinking I was near death. Yeah, thinking I was near death and it was heart palpitations, and uh, basically the doctor inspected me and says, "You just got a bad hangover." <laughs> and he was You're right. all right. He was a hundred percent right. right. You're drink all right. Don't drink a glass of water and don't drink so much. Okay, <laughs> uh, I think that's what happened to Diego. That'd be my guess. Now, maybe an hour from now, we'll hear that he's in bad shape, but I, I think he just drank too much. Well, hopefully he's, he's all right. I think Ovi's probably. <laughs> considered being rushed to the hospitals last week for a couple of days, right? I think he just drank too much. That, that'd be me. So all you Diego Maradano fans. Uh, I, Jason I re- Kelsey, maybe I, the Eagles center after their re- the parade. Sound like he had a lot to drink too, maybe. Yeah, that was yeah, thing. I, I'd, I'd relax maybe. here. I'd relax. Hey, you know what happened today uh, in another uh, this uh, day in history? The Elvis Presley had his last ever concert at Market Square Arena in Indianapolis yeah. on June 26, 1977. And uh, the, the a Elvis Presley memorial plaque 
was placed and rededicated Tuesday at 360 Market Square at the northeast intersection of Alabama and Market Streets in downtown Indianapolis to celebrate uh, Elvis's last ever concert. And so we must be coming on his date of death here pretty soon. Uh, yes, August 16th. August 16th. I remember because that's, right. that's my mother's birthday. And okay. he, he died on my mother's birthday. I, uh, I remember it because I was in uh, Baltimore with the twins. And heard it. I was. I rode the bus out with the twins and heard it on the bus. Uh, the late. I came out with the bus. And yeah. Ray Crump, the twins' equipment manager, and Elvis were buddies. And I said, "I think your guy passed away today, and he hadn't heard mm-hmm. it yet." So, anyway, Elvis. We have a new Hall of Fame class uh, for the Hockey Hall of Fame. It's it's like basketball. It's not just the. Uh, you know, it's the it's the hockey Hall of Fame. It's it's uh, for all levels of hockey, not just the NHL. Gary Bettman, I know there'll be a lot of can. He'll be the only guy to get booed when the Hall of Fame ceremony <laughs> is held in Toronto. They still boo him up there for no good reason. He's done wonders for the league. Yeah, Martin Brodeur, the greatest goalie that ever lived, yep. and Willie O'Ree, who's the Jackie Robinson of the NHL, broke the color barrier sixty years ago, are among the six. You think that guy, all the abuse that Jackie took yeah. on a baseball field, at least you have some separation and some people can hear it and tell a guy. Well, hockey, they can hit you. Hockey, they can, they can be laying on top of you and said, yeah. yelling the racial epithets, and I'm sure he heard them. Uh, Willie O'Ray. And uh, also, Martine... St. Louis is in already. I'm I'm surprised really? by that. Yeah, my guy. He, yeah, he's a great player. Canadian women's player Jana Hefford. I never heard of her. And a Russian Alexander Yakashev. Uh, they will be inducted. Uh, Bentman is uh, you know got the Brodeur got the call in his first year of eligibility. Well, no kidding. That's uh, I hope he was a unanimous vote. You know who got passed passed over. For the for the second straight year, the only Ottawa senator that you knew existed, Daniel Alfredson. Daniel Alfredson. Yeah. Uh, name that sin. He was the only guy you could <laughs> name, and he was already retired. <laughs> Holy cow! The parents of the Washington State quarterback Tyler Holinsky that uh, that committed suicide. I think about a day before Tracy Clay's reported for work out there mm-hmm. uh, in a in a very sad situation. His parents uh, were on NBC Today, uh, Mark and Kim Holinsky, and said that the Mayo Clinic conducted an autopsy on Tyler, who died at 21, and they said he shot himself uh, in the head with a rifle that belonged to a former teammate. Oh, the, the autopsy uh, findings show stage one CTE. Oh, wow. Uh, that uh, they, the people at Mayo told him he had the brain of a 65-year-old, which is really hard 21 to 21 years old. Yes, that's bad. That's This is not good for the uh, getting kids to uh, get the kids to keep playing football, is it, when a story like that gets over? And... Nikola Jokic, the uh, very outstanding senator yes. of the Nuggets, declined. Uh, the Nuggets declined an option on him, yep. clearing the way to give him a max deal. Only in the NHL, NBA <laughs> would you say, 
you know, we could pay you $1.5 million, but instead <laughs> we're going to give you $147 million so yeah. we can keep you. You got a Wiggins contract. He is an interesting cat. You said he has some trouble staying in shape? That's yeah, the rumor. he's he's really, really good. Man, and he and he, he, he's probably the, the best passing big man in the NBA. But I think there's there's some... Question: There's questions about his defense, and there's questions just about his conditioning because he he wasn't really a high minutes guy. They'd only play him 28, 29 minutes a night, and you know that overtime game against the Wolves that was know, the best game of the year. Yeah, and Taj locked him down pretty good in overtime, yeah. but by then it was because he was gassed. He was just uh, Boy, he, he played pretty much he the entire plays game with an air of confidence. Yes, he, he does. He and looks he is like really he, good. He looks like. He's happy to be playing cat is what I'm saying. You know, yeah. that hey, I wanna I wanna do this. Those you two, think uh, you're the best you think you're the best young center in the NBA, but I got news for you. Those those two matching up yeah. four times a well, year, same make, division. Didn't he make about five threes that night too, that game? Uh, four Probably. I mean, he was yeah. tossing. Well, oh gosh, he had like 30, yeah, 37, they, 38 points. And in they, the game, until yeah. they put Taj on him, he was yeah. just doing whatever. And by he then too, like I was saying before, like he just ran Luckily, out of gas and now we got a Koji to oh Koji to guard him next yeah, year. Yeah, Josh will lock him bring down. Bring him on. He'll take a one, two, three, four, five. He don't care. <laughs> All right, we'll be back. Now on the ride with Roycey, let's hear the boys' daily complaints. Well, there's only two of us here to share the glory today. I'm going to start and okay. then see what you have. My daily complaint is the uh, future of American football, because as much as we love the game, I complain about the game a lot, but we now have the Ed White situation. Yeah. We have the situation with the, uh, the, the 21-year-old quarterback that in, uh, at Washington State. Uh, and I saw this today for an interesting piece uh, Kepler, uh, that uh, Phil Miller had on Max Kepler and how he's into soccer with the German team and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he had this quote here, and I, I guess that my daily complaint is that I think he's right. Uh, soccer just isn't that big a deal in this country like back home. I wish it was. It's like the U.S. is stubborn, like it doesn't want to accept it's the world sport, which is interesting for a baseball player to say. Yeah. But once football dies down, which is going to happen in the future, soccer will take over, he said. Yeah. But to have a a twenty five year old kid from Germany who's been over here in the States since he was sixteen, basically, mm-hmm. to have the perception of how much trouble football is in, uh, a baseball player is uh is is I, I, I was very interested that he had made that observation because he's not an outspoken kid at all. Right. But for him to uh to uh come out and say that is is not only Interesting, and, and I've always, you know, 30 years later, I remember Andy McPhail sitting, having lunch with Andy McPhail a Sunday, one Sunday and when the Vikings kicked off at noon and we were downstairs in the in the dining room that they had for the media back then. And uh, the football game was on, somebody got laid out, and Andy said, 50 years from now, people won't believe we played this game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you got your stepdad, Oscar, and he played it. But uh, I don't know. I, I guess my daily complaint is, uh, you know, the football coaches in Minnesota, they all got together, high school coaches. What are they going to do? They're trying their best to teach a new way of tackling and everything. 
But when uh, when you get a story out there about a 21 year old kid who had That's the brain of a 65 year old man, you just wonder about the future of the game. Everybody, else, ah, you know. And then you got a president of the United States saying it's not tough enough. The game's not tough enough. So. Uh, I don't know. I uh, that's my daily complaint. I don't know what the future of football is. I mean, it, it, they'll be playing it when I'm not around anymore. But uh, how long afterwards? I'm not sure. And but. and and the thing too is like, I mean, people will say, "Wow, you know, the NFL is making so much money and all of this." But with stuff like this happening and all these stories and young people and, yeah, and what we're seeing with former people players, people stop and, playing a game. You're not going to have. You're yeah, not gonna the have, numbers yeah. are not going to be there, and the no. numbers we're already seeing of the numbers in the younger ranks are not yeah, not I as mean, high as they used schools, to be. Eden Prairie schools like that win championships. Uh, just think if you're a losing program, how much you're going to have. Yeah, not only is it dangerous, but I'm going to get my ass kicked. So right. Anyway, yeah. what you got a complaint? Uh, yeah, my daily complaint is with uh, Irvin Magic Johnson, who is basically saying that uh, if the Lakers. Don't land any big time free agents like LeBron James, mm-hmm. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, that he's going to step down from his post because with the Lakers. Because you should want. It's like playing an Arnie Palmer's golf tournament when Arnie was alive. If you don't, you you should sign with the Lakers because they got magic. Because they it? got magic, and because it's the Lakers and mm-hmm. all of that. But you know, I mean. You got to show that you can win. Yeah, right? you know what, man, uh, Magic, uh, be, you're you're a phenomenal figure because of the star power of the NBA. You should be down on your hands and knees begging LeBron James exactly. to show up again. Yep. All right, we'll do it again tomorrow. No Reavers tomorrow. We hate to break that news to you, folks, but uh, we're going to get by one more day without the uh, the man. At the Home Depot, we have the tools for you to give the gift of a smarter home with savings on top brands like the Google Hub, a command center for your smart devices that raises the IQ of your entire home, or the Nest Learning Thermostat that helps you conserve energy and save on your bill. And if you don't know what to get, gift cards are a smart gift no matter what they get. So this year, gift smarter with savings on tools to make your holiday magic. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.